Say, God bless Sister Abby. Amen. And Madeline, too. God bless them. Thank you for your help this morning. Hallelujah. First Peter 5. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. Amen. Thank you for all you do to just be a blessing, a help, a strength. Amen. Amen. We are so thankful for the people God's put in our lives to just strengthen us. Amen. First Peter 5. Father, thank you again for your presence in this house. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, just how exciting it is to know, Lord, that, Lord, you've given us this life. You've given us this victory. You've given us, Lord, just this fellowship of your presence in our lives. God, we love you for it. Thank you. We're so unworthy, but, God, you gave us your best. And we thank you for it, Lord. Now I ask you please to help us right now, Lord, as we come into your word, Lord, that your anointing would just, Lord, destroy every yoke of the enemy, Lord, in everybody's lives and teach us, lead us, God. Lord, we thank you for it. We believe you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober. doesn't just mean... Stay away from anything that's going to alter your mood. But it also means to be serious about something here we're getting ready to talk about. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brother that are in the world. God bless you. You can be seated. Wednesday, it's already been mentioned a few times today. God bless you. Glad that the Word was helpful. We really dealt with it and have mentioned it recently many times, I think. Several times at least. That big part of our battles that we struggle with. Because it's not always easy. Anybody realize that? Anybody notice it's not always easy? Praise God. I, I, I can't help but smile because sometimes people come and say, you know what, I, I don't know, sometimes it's not so easy. I'm like, you think, you get sometimes it is easy? <laughs> Tell me about it. What's it like? See, we're in a, in a battle. I don't know. I, I don't see in the Word of God a lot of men and women having an easy road. Jesus said, take up your cross. Follow me. So you got to tap in to God's strength. It's not about, hey, God, help me get through this to get to an easy day. It's just recognizing the Word says be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So i got to lean on Him. When you learn how to lean on Him, amen, that's, that's when it's a game changer. But I told you and I, I dealt with how it's our flesh so often. We... We give the devil, a lot of times, way too much credit. But understand, I I want to spend some time today and talk about that adversary. I want to talk about the battle that we're in and the part of that that the enemy does get credit for. Because it is a fight. It is. We wrestle, the Bible says. Not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, powers, rulers of wickedness in high places, it says. The devil, I believe, is a very organized attack against you, against the church, against the work of God. And, and we are not ignorant of that. We need to be aware of that. We don't obsess over the enemy. We are not hyper-focused on the devil. Did you ever meet somebody like that? It's just every little thing. Is the devil doing this and the devil doing that? And, and uh, I think that is uh, giving him a lo- little too much glory, if you will. He, he'd like your attention. I love when I can just ignore the enemy, cast it down and get my focus on Jesus again. I, I think it just ruins his day thinking, I'm not going to think about you today, devil. I'm not going to spend any time letting you talk to me. Just shut up and get out of here. I'm loving my Jesus. Amen. Get your focus on God. Hallelujah. But we do have to be vigilant. What's that word mean? It means to watch. It means to be careful. Be aware. To be awake. Jesus, when they're praying, said watch and pray. Quite literally, that meant stay awake. And they didn't. Right? Stay awake, but it's more than just a physical being awake. It's a spiritual. It's a spiritual alertness that uh, we need in in this. We can't just walk through life carelessly. I know a lot lot of times I I just don't understand. Uh, But others, they just kind of say, oh, it's going to be okay. And, And they get disappointed in God and themselves and the church because, oh, it's a battle. Uh, we try to let you know right away, if you've been in the Bible at all, you're going to find out it is a battle. Just open up that Old Testament and start looking. Who are these Canaanites? Who are Philistines? Amen. Who are Hittites and Amorites and Paras? These are all enemy combatants. And in the New Testament... We're not fighting flesh and blood armies, but we've got to be aware that there is an adversary. Praise God. To watch and to pray. Our first um, just introduction to the enemy coming into God's purpose and God's plan, coming against the, the children of God, is there right there at the beginning in, in Eden in Genesis 3. The Bible says this serpent, which is very obviously talking about the adversary, is was subtle. The very first description of our enemy is that he is subtle. That is slippery, sneaky. He's not just so much of what Hollywood has portrayed of fire and brimstone, horns and and uh, pitchfork and hooves. It's going to slip into your life like an angel of light. Amen. He's subtle. That's why you have to be aware. That's why you have to be awake. You have to be praying and, and, and understand. What is the enemy doing? I, I feel like what's on my heart today is similar to some of the things I talked about Wednesday. That we say a lot of things. We use a lot of terminology. But what does it really mean? I feel like if you really want to 
to dig a little deeper, you got to listen to yourself and you got to think about what, what am I really saying? What am I really doing? And what is the purpose behind it? We get into routines and rituals and, and get into ruts. There's no power in the rut. People say, I've been fighting the devil. Or he's been fighting me. What's that mean to you? Let me ask you a very serious question that I, I wonder if many people have even thought of. Why is the devil fighting you? What is he fighting you for? What does he do? What's he trying to do to you? Amen. It, it's This adversary of, of God's kingdom certainly isn't just getting his kicks trying to give you a bad day. Trying to ruin your mood. Say, well, I know what he's doing. He tempts me. He tempts me to sin. Well, did you read the book of James? James says, every man is tempted. He's enticed. When the devil... No. Every man is enticed. He's drawn away by his own lust and enticed. A lot of times, say, oh, the devil's been tempting me. Praise God. Help us, Lord. Maybe maybe you need to flee some of that and just get away from it. It's your flesh pulling you in. Giving the devil credit. Amen. Oh, it's that spirit of the enemy. Sometimes it's just your flesh. Wait a minute. I got you, preacher. I got you. He is a tempter. Look there in the wilderness. Well, let's think about that. Hallelujah. In the wilderness. Matthew, the, I believe it's the fourth chapter. We're going to talk about it here a little bit. But um, that's what the devil did. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and the devil tempted him. If you start really paying attention to that, that battle. That was going on there. Satan meets him and says, why don't you go down there to that bar? Why don't you go down there to that, to that brothel where the harlots are? Why don't you go sin? Oh, there's more going on there. Amen. What am I saying? You will see what's really happening there. Hallelujah. Is a battle over the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Would it be... See, sin, the very definition of sin, very definition of sin is transgression of God's commandments. Transgression of God's laws. Does anybody have a Bible verse that says, Thou shalt not make bread? Him that maketh bread, especially of stones, surely sinneth. Amen. Praise God. There's a lot more going on there. That the enemy was coming against the Word of God. And it was the Word of God that fought the enemy and destroyed him. Even Bible verses were used by the enemy. Quoting Psalm 91. Hey, he's given his angels charge over you lest you dash your foot against the stone. Are you tired of looking at these? Hallelujah. 
There's a whole lot more going on there than tempting you to, 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 to play with sin, to, to fall away from sin. No, no, no. There was a battle there, and it was over the very Word of God because the enemy knows it's the Word of God that is a sword of the Spirit that will destroy him. Hey, let's look in Luke, the 8th chapter. Turn with me to this. I want to show you what Jesus said the devil does. Now, Luke 8 is a parallel... Um, of Matthew 13, which is about the parables. And you'll find the, the parable of the sower, which we believe is very important to how God builds this kingdom through His Word. The sower goes to sow the seed. This is how God's kingdom is built. Amen. The Bible says some of that seed falls by the wayside. And the birds come in and devour the seed. Look what Luke 8 verse 12 says. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil. Somebody, if you haven't just kind of perked up to that, you need to just be alert to that. The enemy is going to actively try to keep the word from being planted in your heart. Let me say it this way. It would be so foolish to come to church and not think there's going to be a battle. Because the enemy knows it is the word of God. It is written. Amen. Is what makes the enemy flee. Brother Bob quoted it already. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. The very first exchange of this temptation in the wilderness was that my life is more than the subsistence of my physical body, but it is my spirit that needs strengthened and edified and nourished. And what beat the enemy was the understanding that I live by the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. Job, in his great despair, says, I esteem the Word more than my necessary food. Amen. That amazing statement to make. Hallelujah. The enemy tries to keep the Word out of your heart. And therefore, out of your life tries to keep you from that growth, from that transformation, from that empowering that can lead to, to his destruction in his effectiveness. What was the very first thing we saw and said in Genesis, the third chapter, how the enemy was subtle? How does he engage Eve? Same way he engages the bride of Christ, the second Adam. Amen. Did God, what did God say? Did he really say that? No, you're not going to die. He's going to cause you to doubt the word. That's exactly what the enemy did to the first bride. It's exactly what he does to the bride of Christ. Try to get you to think, maybe it's not all that. Maybe it's not, not really what, because the word is what is a threat to him. Those that are by the wayside here. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word. So you're sitting in church 
focusing on all your problems and, and all the things that are keeping you from really hearing the thing that's going to destroy the enemy. Thinking that he's out here doing all these things that are upsetting you, but what he's really doing is keeping you focused on anything but the Word. Amen. How many, before we even turned to a scripture, just thought, oh, thank God for what I'm already hearing in this house. And uh, it's building me up. It's giving me strength. And other people just, everything else is on your mind. But the word getting in your heart, that's the devil. That's the birds of the devil that would come and snatch it from you. That's what Jesus said. Serpent says to the woman, you won't surely die. Jesus said those birds come. It's just a picture of the devil that comes. Takes the word out of the hearts. Listen, lest they should believe what? Believe that word. Believe what God said and say, that's for me. I needed that. That helps me. And be saved. A lot of uh, passion, a lot of uh, zeal. I understand it. I'm not just trying to get into... uh, you know, a political discussion here, but a, but a lot of uh, of people really worried about our nation. Yeah. Rightfully so. Pray. Pray for our country. One of the debates, like many of them that are in the forefront, is uh, is about Second Amendment. Right. Right to keep bare arms. And. Uh, most of that passion is centered around the idea that a government that would disarm its people can now control its people. That's basically what we would put forth as what the why it's in the Constitution. A disarmed people is a vulnerable people. And I know there are many, many, many that would just passionately discuss that with maybe... Uh, Blood vessels coming up on their forehead and their neck. But how much more do you recognize that the enemy is trying to disarm the church? How much more do you realize that a disarmed Christian is a vulnerable Christian? Amen. Someone that does not have it is written in their lives... You are of no threat to the enemy. Amen. Having a good day, having a bad day. Devil doesn't care. Amen. He'll fight you on the mountaintop. Praise the Lord. There's times it's not the dips in the road, but it's those, those, those high places that you'll stumble over. You might be having a great day. You might be feeling like you're on top of the world. Hey, that's where people fail. That's where the devil often causes us to be careless and weak. I'm so strong, I don't need to dig into the Word of God. Lay your sword down, that's what he wants. He'll pat you on the back and give you a good day if that's what it takes. Amen. I talked to somebody here recently and I told them, you know what? The church, historically the church, scripturally as well as historically, thrives in times of tribulation. It's times where we are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, we become lukewarm. 
But you look at places where it's been outlawed. It's been, it's been, the church has been pushed underground. And if you want to live for God, you, you can't do it publicly because there's a state religion or atheism that says you will not bow the knee to Christ. And, and the church grows by thousands. Amen. Oh, you know what? That's a tough thing to say because maybe, just maybe, while everybody's saying, where are our rights in America? Maybe the church needs revival that will come through persecution. Amen. Maybe that's how revival comes. Maybe while you're saying, oh, it ought to be legislated by a a government that's going to keep an eye on on everything, rather than say, you know what, if they hate us, we can be the light of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at what the first century was doing when they were being beheaded and they were being imprisoned. Amen. I know. I don't expect you to shout at that. (laughs) I understand. But you got your eyes on the wrong kingdom. Jesus stood before Pilate and said, hey, if this was my kingdom, my my servants would fight for me. (sighs) But what we need is the word of God. The devil's fighting to have the word of God in your life. The enemy is trying to disarm you. It's what he did to Eve. Just start considering. Just just think about it a little bit. We're not serious about it. You know, a lot of filth came into this world publicly because it just started. We're going to allow it on the airways. We're going to allow it on the on the radio. We're going to allow it on our television sets. We're going to allow and and we're just going to make fun of it. But it just opens that door and. And, and and the enemy will say, you know, what about some of this? Isn't it silly? Look at look at how they worship and look at how they live. It's just, you know, it's uh, and then the enemy starts to work in you. And is it really is that really what the Bible says? Is that really what the word says? I want to tell you three ways that the enemy will do all he can to disarm you. Obviously, keeping us out of the word any way possible. We talked about the word Wednesday and talked about how important it is and the struggles. Why we why why is it so hard for some of us to really consistently open up the Bible and feed on the truth of his word? I know the devil say, "Oh, it's just harder for you. The preacher doesn't understand. You just you don't have time for you have a lot of time for for so much foolishness on on your phone or on your computer. But to dig into the Word of God, why is it so difficult? I'll tell you why. Because the enemy is trying to take away the sword of the Spirit in you. Trying to disarm you. Why is it so difficult to... I mean, if Jesus is that awesome, why don't we talk about His words more? Why don't we get excited? If, If He's everything, God with us, our best friend, our Savior. Why is it so hard to just let Him be a part of our our day-by-day lives? Amen. Why are we so ashamed to share the truth of His Word? Because the devil comes and tries to steal the Word from you. He's trying to disarm you, keep you out of the Word. Anybody ever starts really saying, hey, I want to start learning, learning and growing in the word it never never is a shock if it's been a battle for you get to church let me tell you something people that are pillars in the church they weren't surprised because that's what the devil does 
Now all of a sudden you're always busy. Now all of a sudden you need that time. How many times I've had this conversation with people say, I can't get up that early and say, how early do you get up through the week? Oh, I get up at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. every day of the week. Hmm. And getting to church at 10 is I can't get up that early? Why is that not? Thank God I could sleep in and get to church refreshed. No, 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 no. God help us. It's a battle because it's a spiritual battle. You know, back to fasting. We're talking about fasting, uh, this 40-day prayer and fast chain. And uh, how many understand the fact where it's, it's, you know, every day, you know, you have breakfast at a certain time, you have lunch at a certain time. It's not even time for you to eat yet on a normal day. I'm dying. It would have been another hour till the time you would have had your first meal anyway. People that skip breakfast and, and, oh, I can't eat in the morning. It just, oh, it upsets my stomach. I'm fine. I'm good. And then you're fasting, and it's like 7.30. Oh, God, when is lunch? Please help me, Jesus. Because it's a battle. The enemy knows. Trying to keep you out of the Word, trying to keep you out of church, trying to distract you while you're in church. Be aware of how the enemy comes in just like a bird trying to get the seed. Amen? The enemy is going... You have... If you're going to get something from God, it's not... God's not going to grab you and shake you and make you. You're going to have to seek Him with all your heart. You're going to have to learn how to discipline yourself and say, you know what? This isn't easy for me, but God, you're going to help me and I need this. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. You say, well, it's hard for me to focus. Hey... Some, some of us might understand that. Praise the Lord. But why don't you ask some of these moms have raised children in church what hard to focus is. Not only do they have that, that their mind and the same devil you have, they got some, I'm not going to say other devils, but other little angels that aren't acting like angels when it's church time. Amen. And, and some of you, you know how it is. Oh, that distraction person in church. That's always going to happen. That's why I love to be able to just practice a little bit at a nursing home because you're going to get, you're going to have people just, you know, man, just tell me, hey, I, you know, in the middle of just feeling like you're so anointed, so I say, hey, I pooped my pants. Can somebody help me? You know, it's just, uh, you're going to, you're not going to be able to just, just have everything so smooth like you want it. Amen. So when you're saying, hey, there's somebody distracting me, that's your job to say, you know, I'm going to get something from God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be distracted by them. That becomes your issue now to help. And you know what? You can help the rest of folks just get focused in. Man, I'm going to amen a little louder. But the enemy, hey, the enemy's in it. The devil will do everything he can to uh, spiritually take away your, your right to keep and bear arms. Because he's the enemy. He's the enemy that's going to try to disarm you because he's, he's the one you're fighting. Yes, so the word of God, he's, the devil's attacking that in you. Yes. Amen. You put it off. I'm going to put it off. I'm going to do it when I have time. And then when you have time, you're so tired because you've been so busy. And then tomorrow's going to be a better day. And then you feel like, oh, I'm just so behind. I'm going to read twice as much. Amen. Yeah, that's what 
It's what you got to, you got to press in and understand. The enemy's trying to keep the word out of your heart. Hallelujah. First Timothy four. First Timothy four. There are so many scriptures about what I'm my second point. I'm not going to read. Uh, I'm going to read two of them. But there's so much in the word of God about this different ways that the enemy tries to disarm you. First Timothy four, verse one says now the spirit. That's capital S. That's the Holy Ghost. Speaketh expressly God speaking plainly. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed. Listen to this. I quoted this verse to someone who had been in the church as far as I know all their lives. And this was a, someone in their 70s. And they said, where is that? In, is that in the Bible? Yeah. Problem is, the reason they didn't know it was in there is because, because their church won't preach it. Because it's talking about giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. We use the scripture to talk to you about your conscience. And if you continue to play with sin, you can get used to it. Your conscience can be dulled. The senses of your conscience can be dulled. But the specific context of that verse is lying preachers. Preachers that are preaching something that is seducing people. But it's a doctrine of the devil. Amen. The Bible talks about deceivers in the end times. Praise God. False teachers. False coming as an angel of light just like the enemy. Help us, Lord. Another way the enemy tries to keep the word out of your heart so that you can effectively combat his work against you, against your family, against the community with the enemy is fighting to keep the kingdom of God from growing is fill the pulpits with storytellers. Fill, fill the pulpits with hirelings. People that are doing it for money rather than ministry. Amen. People pleasers. Praise God. People that are, are, are trying their best to build up their own kingdom and, and be a motivational speaker rather than someone who really preaches the gospel. And the Bible says their conscience has been seared. You look at some of these things, you hear about some of these things we mentioned here recently, and you wonder how can they sleep with themselves and being so evil to lie to people. When the Bible is so clear that the way is narrow, few there be that find it. Second Peter, Second Peter two. Jesus, well, he just loved people. No doubt about it. He loved people. God is love. And when the Bible talks about speaking the truth in love, I've heard a lot of people quote that verse, and as they were quoting it, saying, you tell them the truth, but be nice. It's not really what the context is even about. It means loving people enough to tell them the truth. And sometimes it's not nice to hear. Sometimes it pulls up that clutter you're talking about in the wilderness. Sometimes it makes you 
look at some things. You, you've been doing everything you can to, to not look at. And, and, and the modern hireling will just do its best to, to how can we possibly just make everybody so very comfortable. I'm telling you, the Bible says when the first message that was preached about Jesus on the day of Pentecost in the New Testament church, the very birth of the New Testament church, and he was done, you know what it says? They were pricked in their hearts. They were convicted. They recognized, I'm not what I ought to be. I don't like who I am. God help me. What can I do to be saved? It's not about just saying things nice. It's about loving people enough to tell them the truth that, that would help them grow. Would help them mature in the Word of God. Amen. The Word is a sword. Amen. Anybody ever hear that? The Word is a two-edged sword in the book of Hebrews. The Bible talks about the Word being a hammer. That breaks down the, the rocks, the stony hearts. Oh, help us, Lord. The word is a fire. Jeremiah said that word is like a fire shut up in my bones. Hallelujah. Speaking the truth in love. Look what it says in Second Peter 2. Verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people. Even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily or, or, or secretly, privately shall bring in damnable heresies. That's, that's, not, uh, that's not soft soap in it. That's not pl- mincing words, if you will. Going to bring in heresies. I, I, I don't really want to get into a lot of details. I, I had a conversation. Somebody tell me, oh, this is... This preacher I, I've been listening to, just the, 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 the best thing. Uh, it, my, my, my internet pastor, they said, you know. And, and I just, oh, just thousands and, and thousands and books and videos. Of just amazing Bible teacher, especially of end times and prophecy. And I said, do you realize the, the most recent book this man preached was utter heresy talking about, about how Israelites today don't need a Savior that died on a cross. They already have a covenant. They don't need the blood of Jesus. They've got a, they're already got a covenant with God without Him. I said, that's, a, that's this. That's heresy. He said, we're going to take a trip over to the Holy Land. Don't evangelize them. They don't need a New Testament, a new covenant. How is that possible that something like that can even be acceptable? Denying the Lord Jesus that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now listen to this. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. God help us. In a day when people are saying, you can't be judgmental. You can't. The Bible says try the spirits. The Bible, Jesus said there will be wolves in sheep's clothing. Many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Hmm. So, heresies, false teaching, false doctrine, many will follow. And then they'll turn back and look at the truth and speak evil of that truth. Is that happening in this day we're living in? And through covetousness, there it is. It's about the money. Follow the money. Hallelujah. It takes money to... To do just about anything. But when money is what you love, 
God help us. Through covetousness they shall with feigned words, fake words, make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. God help us to love the Word. Not love celebrity preachers, not love personalities, but love Jesus and His truth because the enemy's trying to disarm you. I say it so often. I'm not saying it out of pride or arrogance, but, but how often we just more and more and more people are so, they know what they're seeing, so much of what I hear about with with shows and and movies are just kind of sort of christian now people saying oh i'm watching this mini series i love the part where jesus said this and did this and i said say what where is that oh it's in the bible it was beautiful and i'm sure it was beautiful but that's jesus didn't say that didn't say anything like it god help us amen Uh, I don't want to upset anybody, but when I see little commercials on my phone of uh, of the man who's playing Jesus in in this miniseries, The Chosen, saying, "Let me pray for you," it makes the sign of the cross. Amen. When did the Roman Catholic Church do anything positive about Jesus? Help us, Lord. Where is that in the Word of God? How is that going to filter into the gospel? That it's not your penance and your confession and your rosary. It's faith in Christ. Amen. It's taking all your life and turning it over to Jesus. Amen. God, help us. Isaiah 30. One more point in closing. Talked about your battle to to get into the Word of God. To get something out of the preaching of God's Word. And the pulpits that you have to beware of. Isaiah 30, verse 8. This is also a very uh, common thread throughout the Word of God. And it's easy. Sadly, it's easy to say, hey, the pulpits have a responsibility. The preacher has a responsibility. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. But we all have a responsibility. Isaiah 30, verse 8. Now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for time to come forever and ever. Going to say something not just to these guys, but to God's people forever. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Listen now. Which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Can I tell you, there is a attack from to the pulpit to to be hirelings, to be just uh, silenced. Some of that pressure comes from the people. That's right. That's right. Yes, 
You cannot justify when Moses destroyed the commandments, threw them down and broke them, and God did not let him off easy, did he? But it was the pressure that continuously was upon him that sadly was also part of that equation. This Bible says that there is a pressure from the pew that says, don't tell us the truth. Give us something smooth. Give us something easy. I'd rather hear a lie than you pull those things out before me and confront me with my sin. I'd rather, I'd rather not have, look what it says, get out of the way. Turn aside from the path. Don't cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Tell me something that'll, that'll encourage me and build up my, my self-esteem. Not be broken and come to an altar and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, help us in this day. Praise God that the pulpit is seeking the will of God and the people in the church are saying, give us the truth. Preach to me, preacher. Don't compromise for me. Don't tell me something that I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear. Nourish me. Help me be saved. Amen. Put the, put the sword in my hand that I can leave this house and cut the devil down. Don't take the sword out of my hand. Don't leave me vulnerable. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, give God the glory. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. 1 Peter 2, verse 2. Sister Abby, if you come on up as well. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. Be hungry for the Word like a baby's hungry for milk. Dig into the Word like never before. Dig into His Word. Make it a priority in your life. Recognize how the enemy is trying to disarm you. And get hungry for it. Dig into it. Pray, God, help me hear it. Help me, help me, like Brother Mike said, be a doer of your word. Help me to, to get it in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Pray for the ministry. Not just your pastor, but pastors and ministry all across this country, around this world. God, give us leaders that will tell us the truth. Give us leaders that will tell us what we need to hear, not necessarily what we want to hear. Pray. The enemy's fighting in this last day. Don't you, don't you forget it. The enemy is coming against the Word. Let's be vigilant. Let's be vigilant like never before. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lot of battles that are going on. That really are, it's obvious what the enemy is trying to do. If you are aware, if you're vigilant, you can see it very clearly just how he works. To try to undermine the word in your mind, in your life, in your family, in your personal time. Trying to take, steal the word from your heart. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to rise up. It's time to seek God. It's time to, to get the Word in our hearts and our minds and believe it. Believe it. Stand upon it. Trust it. Use it as a sword against the enemy. When everything comes against you, Lord, I know what you said. I know what you've given me. I know your Word is true. And the devil is a liar. Come on, let's find a place to pray.
Oh, let's talk to the Lord. God's so good. He's given us the weapons to fight the enemy. He's given us our sword. He's given us our shield of faith. He's given us everything we need to be overcomers. Hallelujah. But oh, how he tries to disarm us. How the enemy tries to take that word from us. But oh, in that word, we have confidence that the enemy has to flee. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, for just your Lord, just your word and your help, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to work in each one of our lives, God. 
Mold us and shape us. Teach us, Lord, to use those weapons, God, and to be, Lord, the church that overcomes, Lord, the church that storms the gates of the enemy, that nothing, Lord, can stand against us. Lord, now bless your people, I pray, God. Keep each one in your care. Lord, just pour out your blessings upon them. Keep us safe as we travel. And Lord, we just ask you bless the service tonight. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.